isn't it? In a short while, we're going to finish with the actual baptism. That's a highlight. That's why we're here. And, uh, I won't speak too long because we're all excited. That's, that's the great bit. But just let me point out, when we're saying about next Sunday night, we just believe we need to make more opportunity to reach people than we're reaching just now. And we've put a heavy emphasis on coming next Sunday evening at 6 o'clock. But listen, that doesn't mean you don't come at 11 o'clock in the morning either, okay? It's two for the price of one next week, okay? It's buy one, get one free, okay? So please pray over that and pray who you can invite. Pray who you can invite. I believe we're a welcoming church, but we need to be more invitational and invite people. You know, there are some people who are not coming to church simply because they've not been invited. People out there are waiting for an invitation from you and I so that they can come and experience the greatness of our God. For those who are new in your life, this year we're going through a, a theme of embrace in Acts 2020. There's a key verse for us that Paul said, I did not shrink back, and he goes on to explain a little bit. And we believe this is a year of not shrinking back, but embracing all that is God. Before instead of stepping back from things, but we are embracing and moving forward and embracing, which is to accept something willingly and enthusiastically. We're embracing all that God has got for us as a church and individually. And there's a sense in which Ethan and Derek are embracing something new. And if you listen carefully to Ethan, he's had other opportunities to get baptized, but there's a sense in which he shrunk back. He shrunk back from those opportunities. But the first opportunity of this year, he's embracing it and he's crying, it's time to move on and I'm embracing God and embracing my future in God. And God will honor him for that. And I believe the two, Derek and Ethan, both get great futures ahead in God because I'm moving forward and embracing all that God has got from rather than shrinking back. In January, we talked about embracing God in February, it was embracing seven. And this is the beginning of March. Uh, it's nearly Christmas. This is the beginning of March. Okay, and we're embracing change. This month we are talking about embracing change. And there's no greater demonstration of change than baptisms. Baptism is an incredible, powerful statement of embracing change. We have daily readings. We have our, our readings, uh, our, what do you call them, bookmarks, with our readings for the month all along the theme of embracing change change. They'll be at the Ask Me Desk. They'll be on our church app, church suite. Uh, if not today, then tomorrow. But in case you thought, oh, I missed it this morning, we're going to read what today's reading was, which is Second Corinthians chapter 5. And then for a short time, I'm going to make some comments on it. Paul is writing to the church at Corinth. <coughs> I'm going to read the whole chapter just to save you reading it later. Though you can if you wish. For we know that when this earthly tent we live in is taken down, that is when we die and leave this earthly body, we will have a house in heaven, an eternal body made for us by God himself and not by human hands. We grow weary in our present bodies and we long to put on our heavenly bodies like new clothing. For we will put on heavenly bodies, we will not be spirits without bodies. While we live in these earthly bodies, we groan and sigh but it's not that we want to die and get rid of these bodies that clothe us. Rather, we want to put on our new bodies so that these dying bodies will be swallowed up by life. 
God himself has prepared us for this, and as a guarantee, he has given us his Holy Spirit. So we are always confident that even though we know that as long as we live in these bodies, we are not at home with the Lord, for we live by believing and not by seeing. Yes, we are fully confident, and we would rather be away from these earthly bodies, for then we'll be at home with the Lord. So whether we are here in this body or away from this body, our goal is to please him. For we must all stand before Christ to be judged. We will each receive whatever we deserve for the good or evil we have done in this earthly body. Because we understand our fearful responsibility to the Lord, we work hard to persuade others. God knows that we are sincere, and I hope you know this too. I'll be commending ourselves to you again. No, we are giving you a reason to be proud of us so you can answer those who brag about having a spectacular ministry rather than having a sincere heart. If it seems we are crazy, it is to bring glory to God. And if we are in our right minds, it is for your benefit. Either way, Christ's love controls us. Since we believe that Christ died for all, we also believe that we have all died to our old life. He died for everyone so that those who receive his new life will no longer live for themselves. Instead, they will live for Christ, who died and was raised for them. So we have stopped evaluating others from a human point of view. At one time, we thought of Christ merely from a human point of view. How differently we know him now. This means that anyone who belongs to Christ has become a new person. The old life is gone. A new life has begun. And all of this is a gift from God who brought us back to himself through Christ. And God has given us this task of reconciling people to him. For God was in Christ reconciling the world to himself, no longer counting people's sins against them. And he gave us this wonderful message of reconciliation. So we are Christ's ambassadors. God is making his appeal through us. We speak for Christ when we plead, come back to God. For God made Christ who never sinned to be the offering for our sin so that we could be made right with God through Christ. Great passage, great chapter that Paul is writing. And he talks a little bit at the start about our earthly bodies and, and dying. And that is a fact of life, that we are all going to die and physically. We know some people recently who have, like came at Fallon, who came about us for when she could. has got a funeral in here at 12.30 tomorrow. If you can make it, please do, but keep praying for the family. Or John, who used to come in with his care and sit up the back in wheelchair. He passed away last week in his funerals on Tuesday at half three at the crematorium. So we know of death. Hazel and Ivan's stepfather died. Please pray for all these families who are hurting and suffering because death is inevitable. But what we do in this life determines our destination when we leave this life. And Paul talks to those who have accepted Christ, have known him as a saviour, and the assurance that we have that when we leave this world and our bodies decay and die, that we have a home in heaven with Jesus Christ. What a hope that is. And Paul here talks about that in some ways, and he talks about coming to Christ and the change that it brings. Verses, anyone who comes to Christ becomes a new person. The old is gone and a new life has begun. Now, if that doesn't scream change, I don't know what does. When you come to Christ, the old life is gone. A new life has begun. 
something new, not a patched up version, not something slightly different, but something brand new, something significant changes. The old has gone. It's not just the old has gone and it still carries on. The old has gone and the new has come. And baptism is a public demonstration of that. Two people today, Ethan and Derek, have come to a place where they recognized and they came to faith in Jesus Christ that they needed Jesus Christ and they died to the old self and they came into something new, a brand new life. And what I love about the story is whether you've been Derek and you've never been to church until recently or you've been Ethan where you've grown up in church, we all, whatever your background, whether you've been in church all your life, whether you've never come to church, whether this is the first time you're church, or whether you're something in between Ethan and Derek, all of us need to come to a place where we grasp the fact that we need to change. Something change has to happen. It doesn't matter how much we've lived in church or not in church, every one of us, no matter our background, can come to that same place of acknowledging Jesus as a Savior. Because the Bible says here that Christ died for us he took our punishment, our sins, because the Bible says we've all messed up, we've all sinned, we've all fallen short of God's standard, God's glory, we've all stood, uh, we've all come to a place where we've done wrong. You don't need me to tell you that. We've all done things wrong, contrary to what God wants, and because of that, we deserve the punishment of separation for eternity with Him. But Christ took our punishment. Christ died instead of us receiving the punishment. Christ one day on Calvary, a cross in Calvary, took the punishment for the sins of all mankind for all time. Isn't that incredible? Christ died for me. Instead of me having to die, instead of me having to die and be eternally separated from God because of my punishment, Jesus Christ took my punishment. But that's not enough. Because I have to come and embrace the fact that he took my punishment and say, sorry, Lord, that it should have been me, but you took it and I embraced you and I embraced your sacrifice and I accept you as my personal savior and I want you to come into my life and cause me to become a new creature and to move on from where I am. I need to become a new person. It's not enough that Christ's done it. We all need to come and say, and bow the knee in a sense and say, God, thank you that Jesus Christ took my punishment. Ethan and Derek have both done that. And they became a new person because something significant happens. It's not a fact just that there's death, there's resurrection. Christ rose to give us new life. He died to take a punishment. He rose that we can have that new life and he make us new creatures. And this tank is symbolic of death because we identify with Christ's death. Christ died for us. And when we come to him and says, we recognize that my old life needs to die. Colossians says, having been buried with him in baptism, in which you also were raised through faith in Christ to new life in God. See, if it was just about us dying to the old life, that wouldn't be great. If we just put people under the water, that wouldn't just be a significant or a symbolic act of spiritual death. It would lead to a physical death and we'd have to have a funeral service because if you stay in the water for any great length of time, you're going to drown. That's not the Bible, that's just truth. Okay? So the great things about baptism is the symbolic of putting these guys under the water is that we died. The old life has been buried. It's not there anymore. But that's not the end of the story. If that was the end, that would be tragic. But as we bring them up out of the water, it's symbolic of the old life is gone. But I accepted Jesus Christ, identifying his death that I needed to die, my old life needed to die, and I need to rise with the newness of life that Jesus Christ can give me.
and become a new creature. And the powerful statement is that Jesus didn't, didn't die. He rose from the dead. And he rose with our new life that he wants to impart into every one of us here. And it doesn't matter how bad you've been, how dirty you've been, his death and resurrection can make you worthy to receive the new life that he gives. And you become a new person. And Ethan and Derek become new person. A new person. The Bible says that. The old is gone and we become a new person. And the thankfully, it makes, gives us a new position before God. Paul wrote here and says, but we're all going to have to stand before Christ. We're all going to have to face God one day. But the reality is, how we stand before God now will determine how we stand before him then. And there was a time, Ethan, Derek, myself, before we came to faith in Christ, before we became a new person, our standing with God was standing in condemnation and guilt. We were standing in condemnation the fact that, God, we're the guilty. We have messed up. And guilt, I've done wrong. And my standing before you is, I'm guilty. I've got no other plea except I'm guilty. I can say as much as I like and make excuses, but the right is, I've messed up. I've done wrong. I've said, and I stand condemned. I stand guilty before you. I stand and a person who's just waiting in the judgment and standing before you in judgment, waiting in your sentence. But because Jesus took my punishment, because Jesus came and died for me and took my punishment, my position before God is now changed. And I come and I don't stand before him as guilty anymore because I accepted Jesus and his sacrifice and I now stand in the righteousness of Christ. And when I stand before God, I stand as accepted before God. I stand as righteous and clean before God. I stand as forgiven before God. I stand as a child of God. I stand as I'm accepted. My position in standing before God, I don't stand with my head down anymore looking into the shame because Jesus came and took all my shame and all my bad stuff. Stuff, and I can stand and I can look God in the eye and say, I thank you that I can stand before you and I can stand and look into Father God's eyes and say, I can stand righteous and clean, not because I'm great, because Jesus took the sins of mine and he took my mess ups and my dirt and he gave me a brand new life and he cleansed me and his red blood washed me white as we've just heard in the song and I can stand clean and I can lift my head up and look, says God, I don't feel it, stand in fear, I stand knowing that I'm standing in love and acceptance from you. I have a new position before God. Isn't that great to know? And I have a new perspective in my life. There's a change in my perspective. See, before I came to faith in Christ, I lived at a level which is just human. It was just human. Everything I looked at, everything I saw, my decisions were based on. Everything I thought or felt, I thought up with my mind. My perspective was always based on what I could see. What I could see, my own limited understanding was how I based my decisions, my thoughts, uh, my feelings, my emotions. Everything that was in my life was based solely on me. What I saw was what I believed. We've all used the saying, seeing is believing. We've all used the phrase, I'll see it, I'll believe it when I see it. People have told us so as well, I'll, I'll believe it when I see it. And that's, the real, that's how we used to live. But you know what the great thing about when you come to faith in God through Jesus Christ? Something else kicks in to take you to a new level. And Paul says here, you know what? We don't live by what we see anymore. We live by faith. We live by what we believe. 
And what we believe goes beyond what we see or what we understand. Old King James says that faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. We can live at a level of faith before everything about my decision and who I am was based on me. It's based on what I could do, what I could see, what I could think, what I could uh, accomplish. But when Jesus Christ enters into our life, something incredible happens. Our perspective in life changed. Something kicks in which was not there before. There's a dimension of perspective that comes in where I can believe and trust in a God to whom nothing is impossible. And I don't, and the psalmist David at one point says, you know what, things were tough one day and I would have fainted, I'd have lost heart, I'd have given up unless I had believed that I would see the goodness of God in the land of the living. You need to catch that. Before it was my, I live by what I see. When I see it, I'll believe it. But when God comes in, you don't just need to go by what you're seeing. There's a faith level that kicks in where David says, you know what? It's not just I'll believe it when I see it. He says, I'm going to believe it. And because I believe it, I'm going to see it. Because God can do what I can't do. God can do the impossible. God can go beyond what I can do. And when things are tough, it's not the end. When I can't see a way out, when I can't see how I can fix this, that's not the end of the story anymore. Because Jesus Christ comes into my life and there's a dimension of faith kicks in within me. But Paul says we now live by faith. And even though it looks tough, we believe in a God who says he can when others say we can't. We believe in hope when there's hopelessness because I've got a new perspective in life. When other people say that's the end, you're finished, God says it's not the end. It's a brand new start for you. When others say you're rubbish, he says I'm wonderful. I'm accepted in the beloved. When God says you can, others might say no, that's not going to happen. But God can kick in and say, you know what? With God, nothing is impossible. You may have what appear to be impossible situations. But I want to tell you, when you come to faith in Jesus Christ, a new perspective kicks into your world. You become a new new person. You have a new position before God, but there's a new perspective. Faith means God can, and there's not such thing that God can't. God can do more than you could even ask or think. That's how great our God is. And there are people in here with difficult situations. We want to tell you, you can have a new perspective this morning. And it means even though times are tough, I can believe his word that says God causes all things to work for my good because I'm called according to his purpose. It means when time, things are tough, I can believe Isaiah says, when you pass through the waters, I'll be with you. They're not going to drown you because I'm with you. I've got a spe- perspective now that I've got a God who's for me, a God who's with me, a God who says we can do this and we can get through this. I don't live in my own dimension. I live in a dimension beyond myself because I've got a faith in a God. And Paul says we don't live by just by what we see anymore. We live by faith. Faith kicks in. And also, we've got a new purpose in life. You know, people live for a lot of purpose. People live for purpose in life. Some do. Some just meander through life. Uh, purpose of getting out of bed can be a problem for some people. But other people live for a purpose, to make as much money as they can, to be the best football player in the world, to get more f- likes on Facebook than that pals, to live for just fun, enjoyment through whatever your enjoyment is, to provide for your family, to 
live, have, have a good retirement, to become a successful businessman. People can live for purpose in life. Some don't. Some just drift through life. Some live for purpose. But I want to tell you, whatever purpose you're living for will never satisfy you. There'll always be more that you want to accomplish. There'll always be another pound that you want to make, another million pound. There'll always be somebody who's better that you're trying to achieve. There'll always be things in your life, and there'll always be an ache. And I want to tell you, that's because you are designed for purpose, and that purpose was for God to direct you. It was for living for God. And you will never be satisfied until you fulfill your purpose, your put and plan on earth, and the old catechism says, man's chief end is to glorify God and enjoy him forever. You were put on planet earth for a purpose that only God can fulfill it through you. And whatever purpose you're living for in life, I want to tell you, it might be a great purpose, it might be a noble purpose, it might be a, a, a purpose which can transform the world, but you'll never be satisfied because you weren't put on planet earth for the purpose of living for yourself. You're put on, the planet slayer, put on planet earth for the glory of God and to live for him. And Ethan and Derek are two people who have come to that realization that they're living for him. We embrace him. He puts a new level. And Paul basically two, says three things here. What is a new purpose? Her goal is to please him. Her goal is to please him. Her goal, her purpose in life is to please him. In my home life, in my work life, in my social life, in my church life, our goal is to please him. I want to tell you, Derek and Ethan, this morning, you are pleasing your Father God. I know there was a time when Jesus got baptized and God spoke and says, this is my beloved son in whom I am well pleased. And I want to tell you, there was, it's a different context, but I want to tell you this morning, when you honor God, God honors you. And this morning, Father's heart, Father is smiling down on Derek and Ethan, and he said, come on, guys, you're pleasing me this morning. You're pleasing me because you're honoring me and doing what I've asked you to do. But it's not just about today. Our new purpose in life is not to live for ourselves. It's not to please ourselves. But our purpose in life is to please him. It's to live for him. Our goal is to please him. Our goal is to live for him. He died for everyone so that those who receive his new life will no longer live for themselves. Instead, they will live for Christ who died and was raised for them. Our new purpose in life is to live for him. We sang the song, build your church, build your kingdom here for this cause I'm giving up my life. And you know what is so incredible with God? Giving up seems so sacrificial in many ways, doesn't it? In every other context, when you give up, there's a sense of which I'm losing out. But I want to tell you, whenever you give up your life to serve him and to live for him, what God adds into you is so much more than anything you give up. God's economy is somehow different from our economy. And when we are giving up and we're surrendering, we are giving up everything and we feel there's a loss in my life. But when we come to God and say, I'm living for you and for this cause, I'm giving up my life. God just adds in blessing and joy and peace and provision. And God adds to you. The more you give up to him, the more God just gives into you. How great is that? Awesome, God. And also, we live in our goal is to reconcile others with him. God brought us back to himself 
And God has given us the task of reconciling people to him. We are Christ's ambassadors. God is making his appeal through us. We speak for Christ when we plead, come back to God. The band are going to come up. A new purpose is to please him, live for him, and reconcile others to him. We're ambassadors. Our lives are crying out. God loves you. Jesus died for you. Come back to him. You know, the great thing about our God is it was us that messed up. It was us that went away from God that didn't acknowledge God. But God took the steps to bring reconciliation by sending his son to die for us. And today, maybe you've never met God. Maybe you've once walked with God but not walking with him anymore. Ethan, Derek, by their stories, by their public demonstration, as all, we are ambassadors in Christ's behalf. And it's our duty, it's our job, if you like. We're representing Father God and saying, God loves you. We sang that great song. Broken hearted. If you're not broken hearted, wherever you are, lift your heads up. Come to Jesus. Come back home. He is greater than the fears you face. He is greater than the fears you face. You are loved. Come back where you belong. This morning, Ethan, Derek, they're new persons. They're demonstrating that they're a new person, that they've got a new position before God, that they have a new perspective on life and they have a new purpose. They recognize they're friends of God. They're forgiven by God. They've got a faith in God. You know, they've got a future with God. This morning, we're Christ ambassadors. If you're new, if you're in this church and you've never been before, we want to tell you, we're just ambassadors. We represent our God, our King. And we've come with a message to you this morning. It says, God wants to reconcile you to himself. Come back home. Come back where you belong. God's arms are open way. Come to him this morning. Whether you've been an Ethan who have been in church all your life, but you've never come to that place of acknowledging, whether you're a David and he still doesn't understand much of the Bible and you don't know any of these songs or anything that's been said, we want to tell you, you still need to come the same way and say, I'm coming back home. I'm coming to God. Maybe you've walked away from God. God's heart this one is come back and start living for the purpose you were put on planet Earth for, which is the purpose of fulfilling God's call for your life. As all our heads are bowed and eyes are closed, maybe today you've never experienced, acknowledged Jesus Christ as your Savior. But today, you don't have to understand everything that's happening, but you know that you're not living for that purpose. You know that 
If you're to die, you'd be separated from God forever. But today is your day where you come and you embrace Jesus Christ and what he's done for you. If that's you, just stick your hand up. We're not getting embarrassed. We just want to help you. If you've never known accepted Jesus, but this is your day where you want to acknowledge Jesus as your Savior. God bless you. You can take your hand down now. Anybody else? God bless you. Take your hand down. And else who just wants to acknowledge Jesus as a Savior this morning in the house. Father God, we thank you for a new life in the house this morning. Father, we thank you for Ethan and Derek as they're going through this baptism. We thank you for the testimony, the changed life. We thank you, Lord, and you're still doing it today. Thank you for still changing lives. Lord, thank you for still making new people, causing us to become a new person in Christ. Thank you for the old going and the new has come. Lord, thank you, Lord, for that new position, that standing we have before God. Thank you for a new perspective where we live by faith and the one to whom nothing is impossible. And Lord, I pray that every one of us in here will live for that new purpose of pleasing you, of living for you, and being ambassadors to reconcile the world to you. Thank you, Father God, for changing lives. Thank you, Lord, for the, the message of today. And I pray that every one of us here all go out filled with a desire to fulfill your purpose and your plan for our life. Thank you for salvation. In Jesus' name. I love you, Lord. Oh, your mercy never fails me. And all my days I've been held in your hands. Moment that I wake up till I lay my head, I will sing of the goodness of God all my life. All my life you have been faithful All my life you have been so, so good With every breath that I am able I will sing of the goodness of God I love your voice You have led me through the fire And in darkest nights You are close like no other I've known you as a father I've known you as a friend I have lived in the goodness of God all my life, all my life, you have been faithful. All my life, you have been so, so good. With every breath that I am made, I will sing of the goodness. 
going to sing verse 2 again. I love your voice. You have led me through the fire in darkest nights. You were close like no other. I've known you as a father. I've known you as a friend. And I have lived in the goodness of God. And all my life you have been faithful. And all my life you have been so, so good. With every breath that I have made. Of the goodness Your goodness Your goodness is running after It's running after me Your goodness is running after It's running after me My life laid down Surrender now I give you everything your goodness is running after, it's running after me. One more time. Your goodness is running after, it's running after me. Your